Shelton, the critical thinker at large, coming at you for another hour of power here on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and wherever good podcasts are sold, as well as with video here on YouTube. Hey, everybody, if you are watching on video, you can see I've got my screen activated behind me now, and so I put a little logo, my, my logo up there, and uh, just have a little, little niceness going on back here, so it's uh, kind of building up. I wanted to do a little bit of a different podcast this week, um, not for any other reason than it feels like it's the right thing to do. Um, we are now a quarter of the way done with um, American adults being vaccinated. We are coming out of this long crisis uh, pandemic situation. Um, and the world is starting to look a little brighter. And this got me thinking along lines that I don't normally think about, about things in, in terms of talking to you guys about stuff this week. Um, because, you know, this channel tends to focus on um, pretty dark material and pretty, pretty, pretty hardcore stuff. And this makes up a good chunk of my day <laughs> in terms of research and writing and and study and education, and of course, you know, especially with me doing this university program now, where I'm really in the trenches on coercive control and the kind of things that people get up to uh, with each other, <laughs> really bad things, um, toxic relationships, domestic violence, human trafficking, sex trafficking, you know, cults and gangs and violence and, 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 and extremism and radicalization. And these are all words that we've thrown around on this channel many, many times and talked about the causes of, the anatomy of, um, how we overcome it, how we recover from it. And positive psychology and, and is also a thing, <laughs> and it's the sort of the other side of the coin of all of this nastiness that we look at all the time. And I thought, you know, you need a balance in your life, um, and I try to provide that balance for myself through gaming and through hanging out with my wife and hanging out with friends and and uh, and watching movies and doing, you know, non. <laughs> triggering stuff and things that, you know, give me pleasure and I enjoy spending my time doing, even if I'm not producing a goddamn thing while I'm doing it, right? And isn't that fun? And isn't that something that we should all be spending some of our time doing? And, and to a great degree, many of us do. Um, and some of us wish we could do more. And maybe some of us, you know, are a little regretful of how much time we spend uh, wasting it away on idle, uh, you know, pleasurable, nonsensical sorts of things. But at the end of the day, nobody's really keeping a tally or a count, and you're not going to be judged you know, at some point. And this was a big thing for me to realize is that nobody's keeping score, you know, and at the end of the day on my gravestone or headstone or whatever, it's not going to say here lies Chris Shelton, a great guy who worked 10,516 hours to improve the lot of man. You know, nobody's, it doesn't matter. That does not, that's not what's important. And um, what is important, and I think a perspective we could all share or maybe, you know, kind of look at sharing, 
is that you know life is is good for us life is happy life is life is something meaningful and 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 worthwhile when it's something we're enjoying doing and and it's okay to enjoy it and to have fun at it anyway i wanted to talk about some positive aspects of some psychological stuff this week that um, that has to do with some of this positivity and optimism that I'm exhibiting right now, but specifically the 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 tool that I'm looking at or the subject that I'm looking at here is the subject of gratitude. And gratitude is something that is not just you know something you do because somebody gives you something and you express thanks. <laughs> you know that's that's one form of gratitude. But there is an optimism to this. There is a health consideration to this, both mental health and physical health. There are very good reasons to want to look at being more positive and more grateful for the things in our lives that actually matter, that are important to us, and that we tend to relegate to the back seat often when we are consumed by worry and stress and anxiety. And when we have a threat assessment, when our brain is sitting there doing some kind of threat assessment on the present environment and comparing it to past environments and past situations, and telling you right now things are not good and it's all bad and it's all horrible, right? Then um, you know that can stress us out. And if we and and here's the thing, is that we actually are living now in the present time in safer, less violent, less toxic, less poisonous, more healthful, more mindful times than we have ever had in our entire history as a species, and that's fact. And you can gauge that with different metrics. Uh, you can look at the overall condition of us as a species, and you can see that we have never had more of us. <laughs> you know, and uh, and we are maybe, in fact, there's too many of us. We are we are so populous, so uh, successful as a species that we are overpowering this entire planet, and that's creating its own set of problems. And we're going to have to figure those problems out. We're going to have to solve them. Uh, if we're going to continue on at the pace we've been going. And if we um, can't solve those problems, then we'll figure out some other pace to go at. But we're not going to disappear. I mean, we're not facing an existential crisis these days when it comes to mankind. You know, global warming and climate change and other threats are big. And I'm, don't don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that it's acceptable or or even a good way to think that you know, a, a few billion could die and, and we'd be okay, right? That's not, it's not really what I'm trying to say. What I'm trying to say is that we are, um, I'm, well, I'm just accentuating the positive, I guess you could say. And I'm looking at the fact that, you know, if you're still surviving, if you're still around, and I used to actually say this to myself when I was a Scientologist, uh, and times were rough, especially in the Sea Org, and, and things were pretty grim sometimes, as you guys know for me. Um, I could always settle on something that I held on to all those years as a piece of, uh, as a sort of mantra or saying for myself, which is, hey, look, if I'm still around, if I'm still surviving, if I'm still alive, at least I'm 51% right. <laughs> and often, of course, it's a lot more than that. 
So, um, you know, so in other words, I think what I'm trying to say here is I'm trying to position, um, you know, this, this subject matter uh, as one that is um, one of optimism and hope and, and future positivity rather than negativity. And it's so easy to go into the negative band. It is for me. I have a natural proclivity for it. I, I will go to it straight away. I will go to worst case scenarios in my mind right away when I'm examining or thinking about something. I'm always thinking about the contrary opinion. I'm always looking at, you know, playing the devil's advocate. I drive my wife crazy with that. And some of my friends too. I know I do, but it's just so built into me to do that that I can't really help myself. But um but this is an effort here this week to maybe push back on some of that negativity. And specifically with gratitude, I want to first, well, what are we talking about when we talk about gratitude? I have made some notes here today. And in fact, I am leaning quite heavily on a couple of articles, one of them that I will link to in the show notes for this show, one of them from the Harvard Medical School Health Beat article from November 2011 on this subject. And another was uh, written by uh, Dr. Summer Allen, which is, uh, why is gratitude so hard for some people? And, uh, and so I will be drawing from and quoting from these articles in this podcast. The definition of gratitude comes from Latin, gratia, which means grace, graciousness, or gratefulness, depending on the context. In some ways, gratitude encompasses all of these meanings. Gratitude is a thankful appreciation for what an individual receives, whether tangible or intangible. With gratitude, people acknowledge the goodness in their lives. And that's really the point. We take, our brains are configured in such a way that our attention is only able to span a couple of things. You can only multitask, because you really aren't truly multitasking, but your brain can, you know, through your conscious awareness, you can perceive or be aware of about five or six different thought processes at one time on average. And that's, that's, that's going full tilt, right? That's about as far out as you can go. Um, I mean, some people can go further, but you know what I mean. That means that at any moment in time, you might be aware of the fact that you are in an environment and that environment exists and has reality around you, but you are not as aware of, say, what's over there as you are of what's in front of you. Uh, certainly not what's behind you. You tune these things out. Your brain does automatically. It's receiving all the input 24-7. You're just not hearing about it. <laughs> it's funny. It's this kind of dualism that we have where we have this, what we're aware of in our conscious awareness, and then there's the reality of what our brain's actually processing, and our brain is processing everything going on around us all the time. But we don't have the attention span or the necessity to have to deal with all of it at once. We can't. It's just too much. That is, um, the, there in, that down that road lies some degree of madness. If you're trying to constantly be aware of everything going on around you all the time, well, we have a word for that. It's called paranoia. <laughs> it's not good. It's an overwhelm of your senses and attention. 
and we don't, we, you know, yeah, that's not an optimum condition for us to be in. So I, my point is we have to focus, and that means we have to take a lot of things around us for granted. We just assume, yep, yeah, it's fine, it's good, until, you know, and, and our brain starts predicting for that. It starts, okay, the door is closed right there. I'm looking at a closed door. Well, my brain sh just tunes it out of my conscious awareness. I don't have to know about that closed door over there. I'm just going to assume it's closed and it's going to stay closed. And I don't have to look at it, think about it, or, or process it any further until it's not closed anymore, until, I, until it changes and then the brain readjusts. Point being, that we, it is a natural thing for us to perceive things and then file them away in such a way that we don't have to think about them anymore and we take it for granted. Perfectly natural, perfectly organic, totally normal thing for us to do. However, what can happen is we can start focusing our attention on negative things and all the positive stuff around us, all the stable, regular, normal things that are keeping us going, keeping us alive, we can start taking for granted. We start not, ne you know, make negligent, uh, what's the word, negating it. <laughs> we start like not thinking about it. And therefore we start thinking maybe it's not even around. We don't factor it into our equations. Um, and we really lose, and we can and do lose perspective as a result of that. And so we can tend to start accentuating the negative things in our life and not remembering the positives. And this can throw our mental equations out of balance when we start evaluating the state of ourselves, our lives, our job, our relationships, our kids, our money, and even the overall state of the world as we perceive it. So it is, um, it, it, so gratitude is a tool that we can use. It's a, it's a way of not letting ourselves go too long without remembering these positives that are in our life and remembering to not take them for granted. Kind of remind ourselves, put them back in the, in the queue, sort of get them back in the, in the front and center. Um, and what am I talking about? Well, things like our, our relationships, our friends, our family, our spouses, our, our progeny, <laughs> our kids, our relatives, extended family, right? There are, not everybody has an ideal situation with any of this, of course. And I, and I know that in some cases, even family or friends or certain relationships are quite triggering. I'm not talking about those ones. I'm talking about all the other ones. <laughs> I'm talking about the positive ones. I'm talking about the ones that you, the friend you can fall back on, the, the parent you can call when times are rough. The, you know, even the kid who, you know, maybe is, uh, can give you different perspectives or, or ideas on things. I mean, you know, out of the mouths of babes, right? Um, it is, you know, it is, it is connecting the part of gratitude. And one of the reasons why it's such a great tool is that it is something that actually connects us with things outside of ourselves in a positive way and actually and, and and that connection reminds us that we are part of something bigger and in fact maybe even something better than just our own little individual selves okay um 
It also helps people feel more positive emotions, relish good experiences, improve their health, deal with adversity, and build strong relationships. How many times in the last six months have you contacted or reached out to your friends or your family and reminded them or let them know in very clear, direct terms how glad you are, how happy you are that they're in your life or they are a part of your life? If you haven't done that, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not throwing this out as some guilt trip. I'm just asking. Because for those of you who have, and I'm sure there are people watching or listening to this right now who have, you know that warm, fuzzy feeling that you get when it comes right back at you or just delivering that communication all by itself to them. You don't even need the reciprocity. It just feels good to, to affirm or establish or acknowledge that a positive, good, healthy relationship exists. Really does. And it can really do wonders for the person you're telling it to, by the way. And I, I have done this a few times in the last many months. In fact, I've done it quite a few times because it's kind of what I, it's, it's just something I do anyway. But it is always a, a, an affirming thing to do. It, it always makes me feel good, in other words, right? Gets those little neurotransmitters firing. Uh, okay. And... Yes, and let's talk, of course, about how gratitude can express itself. It can be, uh, we can apply it to the past in terms of positive memories, childhood, past blessings, past, you know, uh, good experiences, good times that we can be thankful for, that we can look back on and, you know, just sort of daydream or have a nice idea or have a nice memory of something good that happened to us. And these are, this is a perfectly natural and normal and good thing to do. And so we can express gratitude for past examples or, or instances. We also have, of course, the present. What can, be, what can we be grateful for or express gratitude for right now? Well, the fact that we're still alive, 51% right, right? Because if we're still around, um, good things that happen to us, we can take care, actually go out of our way to notice when they happen instead of just assuming that that's the natural course of events. And of course, good things are going to happen. And, and, I, and I don't even have to talk about that. Now, we should take the time to acknowledge these things. And of course, the future, right? Which is maintaining a hopeful and, a, and an optimistic attitude. And this is uh, something I've had my own fits and starts with. You know, I, I have mood swings as much as anybody else. And of course, have triggers just like everybody else. And so sometimes, you know, you get down on yourself, you get down on the world. Um, but the, the, you know, some optimism, some glass half, half full sort of thing uh, sometimes can be quite beneficial and uh, quite calming even uh, for us if we can remember that during troubled or rough times. Um, and... There is actually some research I wanted to tell you guys about on this subject. Um, two psychologists, Dr. Robert Emons of the University of California, Davis, and Dr. Michael McAuliffe of the University of Miami, have done much of the research on gratitude. In one study, they asked participants, now this is interesting, they asked participants to write a few sentences each week focusing on particular topics. Just a few sentences. 
One group wrote about things they were grateful for that had occurred during the week. A second group wrote about daily irritations or things that had displeased them. And the third wrote about events that had affected them with no particular emphasis on whether it was a positive or a negative effect. After 10 weeks, those who had wrote about gratitude were more optimistic and felt better about their lives. Surprisingly, they had also exercised more and had fewer visits to physicians than those who focused on sources of aggravation. Another leading researcher in the field, Dr. Martin E.P. Seligman, a psychologist at the University of Pennsylvania, tested the impact of various positive psychology interventions on 411 people, each compared with a control assignment of writing about early memories. When their week's assignment was to write and personally deliver a letter of gratitude to someone who had never been properly thanked for his or her kindness, participants immediately exhibited a huge increase in happiness scores. Not the people who were receiving the, grat- the, the kindness or the gratitude or the acknowledgement, but the people who were giving it. This impact was greater than that of any other intervention with benefits lasting for a month. And a month is a long time, just so you know. Most uh, effects that you're going to have from something are going to last hours, maybe a day or two, maybe a couple days. For something to last a month means it had a significant impact on you at an emotional level. And that's really something to have this kind of an intervention have that kind of an effect. Other studies have looked at how gratitude can improve relationships. For example, a study of couples found that individuals who took time to express gratitude for their partner not only felt more positive toward the other person, but they were actually able to express disagreements and problems in the relationship more easily and resolve them more rapidly. Um, And this extends into the workplace. Check this out. Managers who remember to say thank you to people who work for them may find that those employees feel motivated to work harder. Researchers at the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania randomly divided university fundraisers into two groups. One group made phone calls to solicit alumni donations the same way they always had. The second group, which worked on a different day, received a pep talk from the director of annual giving who told the fundraisers she was grateful for their efforts. During the following week, the university employees who heard her message of gratitude made 50% more fundraising calls than those who did not. Now, correlation is not always causation. We can't say for sure these were directly causative agents in this, but these were actual formal experiments or research studies that were done under controlled conditions, and these were the results. Um, Now, there are some interesting, notable exceptions to the generally positive results in research on gratitude. One study, just to give you the other side of this, one study found that middle-aged divorced women 
who kept gratitude journals were no more satisfied with their lives than those who did not. Interesting. Another study found that children and adolescents who wrote and delivered a thank you letter to someone who made a difference in their lives may have made the other person happier, but they did not improve their own well-being. So the research results, and you could dive into this a lot more. I don't want to make value judgments here or try to like judge people when I say this. I'm just reading the example here that was given in one of these articles, but the, the findings there suggested that gratitude is an attainment associated with emotional maturity. And that's interesting. So obviously the factors of our lives affect our emotional life greatly. And if we are, you know, in a bad way or in a, you know, have just had some kind of major accident or injury or problem, uh, bankruptcy say, you know, it might be a little hard for gratitude alone to be something you could find or get a whole lot of benefit from when you've got this massive problem or long-term situation. But I do believe personally that even there, these little baby things, these little baby steps and acknowledgments can make a difference. Maybe they can, maybe they can't in all cases, of course, but, um, but this is interesting where the research goes. And this, of course, goes back to our genetics. It goes to brain anatomy. Research has been done on both of these areas in regards to this, and they have isolated certain genes that might be responsible for uh, people having more of a gratitude or perspective or optimistic attitude. And there are uh, brain areas that light up when we consider being gra you know, gracious or, or having gratitude or thankfulness to somebody or something. Um, and it's interesting because it has to do with mental clarity. It has to do with perspective keeping um, and, uh, and, the, and the, in the frontal lobe areas. Kind of interesting stuff as far as the areas of the brain that light up with this. Um, but the main point about this that I wanted to share with you guys is that um, you can actually train uh, you, you can retrain, you can change your neural pathways and the way your brain operates with this. It's not a matter of, well, I was born this way and there's nothing I can do about it. And I'm just an ingrateful bastard and that's just how it is, right? And I just have a dark outlook. Um, I mean, yeah, okay. <laughs> but perhaps uh, there are ways that we could address this or, or look at addressing it. And it's interesting because... Um, this is a longer term thing. This isn't a short term thing. This is like if you want to do this, you know, make these kind of changes or do this kind of work, then it would, you know, it might take a little bit of work on your part, some investment to do it. But it's interesting because if you look at the things that are the opposites of gratitude or optimism or thankfulness, you find envy, greed, and narcissism. And it's interesting because, of course, we talk about these kinds of things on this channel all the time. And narcissists are quite interesting, but when it comes to gratitude even, studies have found that narcissists react differently to this. Um, let's see what I want to share with you about this. Okay, another researcher, uh, Joanna, Joanna Sang and her colleagues have explored the relationships among these three emotions. For example, a 2002 study by Sang with colleagues Michael McAuliffe and Robert Emmons 
found that people who self-reported a low tendency toward materialism and envy also reported being more grateful. See, this materialism thing ties into this because if you're chasing the dollar, if you're chasing stuff, if you're a material guy or a material girl, then you're kind of setting yourself up for a really, a, a kind of a lose kind of life because you're always chasing the unattainable goal of something bigger, something better, something, you know, amazing. And there's always going to be things you don't have and stuff you want. And this is, and it can be difficult if you're always at the chasing end and you're always pursuing and never acknowledging or looking back at what you've accomplished or gotten, then, um, well, that way, you know, there can be some, some bad news. Um, another study by Sang and colleagues took a closer look at the negative relationship between materialism and life satisfaction. And this study found that lower life satisfaction among materialistic people could be explained by the fact that they reported lower levels of gratitude. See, one feeds the other. The researchers sum it up this way. Quote, materialists are less happy in part because they find it harder to be grateful for what they have. Narcissism appears to be another potent, potent inhibitor of gratitude. And uh, Lisa Farwell and Ruth Woland Lloyd illustrated this relationship. They did a study where participants were told, okay, this was interesting. Participants were told that their results on a test were combined with those of an anonymous partner. Okay, they didn't know who it was. They, they, did, they took a test. It was combined with somebody else's tests, and their composite score was better than 85% of other groups. That's what they get told. Hey, you scored above 85% of everybody else because you and this other person, you know? The narcissistic people reported feeling less grateful toward their partners than the less narcissistic people did. And what's up with that? Well, they were less thankful, probably because they were putting it more on their own skill and ability, and they felt entitled to the higher score because of their very existence. That's what narcissism is all about. I am owed things from you because I exist and I'm better than you. That's it. That's that's the computation. That's the that's the thought processes there. So of course they would, uh, you know, take credit for all those things, and they would not necessarily be very grateful for other people making efforts to make their lives better. Um, individuals high in narcissism may not even notice that a gift has occurred because they believe they are entitled to the benefit, right? So they might not even see a gift for what it is. Okay, so how do we build this gratitude muscle? Um, research success suggests that there are exercises that you can do, like gratitude journaling or gratitude letters that will build that gratitude muscle. A 2017 analysis of 30, 38 different gratitude studies concluded that gratitude interventions can have positive benefits for people in terms of their well-being, happiness, life satisfaction, grateful mood, grateful disposition, and positive effect, meaning emotions. And they can result in decreases in depressive symptoms. So this could be very, very powerful stuff. Now, this isn't a placebo and it's not a cure-all. 
Um, it is simply a tool that you can use. And it is it has to do with our emotions. It has to do with our sense of exchange. It has to do with our perspective and maintaining a proper degree of perspective. Because when we introvert or, or, or you know, take on bad news and, 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 the, and the bad worldview that can consume us, then we are losing perspective. And I, you know, I am the champion of this, by the way. Uh, I am really, really good at losing perspective in my personal life, in my professional life even. Uh, this happens I because I have chosen a life where I am inundated with bad information, bad news, bad data, abusive, horrible, awful, violent stuff. I surround myself with this. And um, I, I, you know, I don't necessarily do that because I enjoy, you know, reveling in, in awfulness. It's that I am consumed by a, a desire to know about it, to understand it so that I can do something positive about it. Um, but I find myself through this university program and through all the work I've been doing over these years, learning the vital necessity to myself of giving myself a break, of giving myself a time out, of, of, of getting some perspective on things and keeping a perspective on it. Because if I don't, then I start getting the idea that, that I start hating on people. I, I really do. I start like getting a very bleak worldview because look at all this awful stuff that people do to each other. So, you know, this podcast and my efforts at, at talking about this are definitely coming from my own personal experience with this. And I want you guys to know that, um, that self-care is something that has been hammered into my head for months now uh, as part of this study program I've been doing. And up until this time, up until the last six, seven months, that was not much of a factor in my life. Taking breaks was, learning how to relax was, and that was about as much perspective gathering as I would get. But this now has really amped up the importance of it for me, and it has made a significant difference in my life, which is why I thought it was worth sharing with some of you who are also, like me, fascinated by some of the material that we cover when it comes to thought reform and extremism and that kind of thing, right? It can get pretty dark, and you have to remember and I have to remind myself of this all the time, that the vast majority of people in the world are not extremists. <laughs> they are not awful. They're not radicalized. And they don't have awful worldviews. And they're not trying to, you know, make life awful for the rest of us. Um, anyway, so like I said, when you focus on this kind of stuff, you can lose that perspective. But uh, going back to how to, you know, sort of train our brain better to maybe have better perspective. So for example, there is evidence coming out of neuroscience that is suggesting that practicing gratitude can actually change your brain. Okay, it's not something you're just born into and you're just stuck with it. Um, there was a study that had been uh, that we talked about earlier in which people who expressed more and less gratitude Another part of that study found that participants who had written gratitude letters in a therapeutic intervention expressed more gratitude and had more activity three months later 
in their uh, in a particular part of their brain, which I won't read out loud because nobody's going to get it anyway. Uh, but it has to do with predicting the outcomes of uh, of actions. That that part of the brain actually grew and strengthened because of this. And this result suggests that a simple gratitude intervention can lead to lasting brain changes even months after the intervention ends. So if you were to, say, practice on a regular basis, journaling, reminding yourself to tell other people around you that you're, that you're, you know, that you have, uh, you're happy they're around, (laughs) you know, that thanking them for work that they do or for uh, care that they give or help that they have rendered or anything like that, or even just for their own, just for their very existence, it can have an incredibly positive effect. Okay, so remember those studies earlier. Well, you know, with the brain changes that occur in people with the gratitude journaling, it was found that people who had done that journaling for up to about three weeks in those studies were actually more able to um, feel rewarded by other people benefiting In other words, they were more able, by doing this kind of gratitude journaling, they were more able to be in sort of a symbiosis or a tolerance and and empathy with other people so that when they were winning, they were having good times in life, the person themselves felt better about themselves and about that situation and that relationship. In other words, they got more out of it. They were able to take part more with with the with the goodness, the optimism, the 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 gratitude of other people, rubbed off on them more. That's really something. That really is quite something because we do have effects on other people, positive and negative. So if there are things you can do, simple things like gratitude journaling, that will actually result in you being more engaged, more connected with the people around you, that seems kind of like a no-brainer as far as something to do that might produce an immediately positive effect on your life. Um, so ways that we can cultivate gratitude on a regular basis. Uh, writing thank you notes. Um, even if you don't, okay, check this out. Even if you don't have the time or you, you forget or it goes by or whatever, and you don't thank someone for something, even mentally thinking about it and mentally doing it will have a little bit more positive effect on you than not. That is actually quite interesting. Um, of course there's journaling. There is a remembering You know, it's remembering to take the time to basically count your blessings. And this is that perspective taking that I was, that that I've been mentioning. Um, For me, this manifests in, you know, realizing that I have a successful YouTube channel, a successful life, a relationship with both of my parents that is actually really good, a relationship with my wife that is off the charts wonderful. Uh, we got seven, the wonder cat here, this, with this wonderful little cat, right? In other words, there's a lot of positive things in my immediate vicinity that I can look at and remind myself, uh, that's me. I did that. I, I've created that. I've put that there. Uh, obviously, with the relationship, so have the other people. 
So it's a, you know, it's a two-way street there, right? It's not like I'm solely responsible for it. But if I had not done the things I have done, if I was not who I was, and if I was not maintaining that, then those things would not be there. And I would not have those things to take for granted. So just recognizing, reviewing our situations and seeing the things that we have and, and remembering to give ourselves a break. And that, you know, yes, we might have this problem that we created and we might have this situation with this person that's awful and we might be in this argument with this individual or we might be suffering from some problem at work, but we've still got all these other ducks in a row and that's something better than nothing, you know? And of course, for me, getting out of a group like Scientology and rebuilding my life, well, that is certainly something to be grateful for. I'm pretty sure most of you have similar milestones and landmarks and successes in your life too. And I hope that this podcast has put there the importance of why it is that you might want to take the time to remind yourself of these things every now and again. And remember, of course, that none of what I'm talking about here is meant to put you in denial, negate your actual real-life problems or situations, or pretend they don't exist. That is not what this is about. It is about recognizing that, yes, those problems exist, but also balancing it with the fact that there's also all these non-problems and good things in your life, too. All right, I think I have probably run that point into the ground at this point, so I think I'm going to move toward wrapping up the podcast. I want to thank you for taking the time to listen to me ramble on here about this, and I hope that some of this has rubbed off on you in a positive way uh, and that this is something that you will be able to use in your life to make it a little bit better and improve the relationships in your life and maybe make other people's lives a little bit better too. I always feel like I am coming up short on the positive side of things, and so I hope this podcast helps balance some of that out. Thank you very much for coming around and listening this week, guys. I really appreciate it, and I'll see you next week. Bye-bye.